Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you in a crazy-making relationship? Feel anxious, angry, and unsafe? Welcome to Save Your Sanity. Insights, skills, strategies, and inspiration for emerging empowered from toxic relationships and breaking the bonds of emotional abuse. Keep listening. We'll figure a few things out. Hello and welcome to Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler and I'm so glad you're here. If you're returning, I'm glad you found value. And if you've just found me, I'm delighted you did. We're going to be talking about narcissists and other kinds of hijackals tonight. And the point about it is that rigid thinkers, they demand to be right. And you've probably noticed that about them. They don't have a whole lot of wiggle room in their thinking, their willingness to talk about anything, their willingness to uh, work something out or resolve something or collaborate or cooperate because of this rigid thinking. So it bears talking about in some depth to really understand what is the factor that is creating that horrible sense of, I can't have a conversation with this human. And that's important to notice because, you know, hijackals, that's my term for the relentlessly difficult people who want power, status, and control. They are pretty much one-trick ponies. If it isn't my way, it isn't right. And that's important to recognize because it's super infuriating, terribly frustrating, can lead to all kinds of anxiety and difficulties. And you simply want to be able to have a healthy conversation with them. But because they don't agree that you have a right to an opinion, if you differ from them, they see it as a threat. And that can quickly lead to rage or the silent treatment. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And so you try to avoid the rage and the silent treatment. I understand that completely. But the fact is, they have to win. So you can't win. And that's the idea. And they want to train you to recognize that they are always right. And they always need to win. So we need to learn some ways around rigid thinking on the hijackals part and lead them, lead you away from feelings of hopelessness or defeatedness because you need to have some way of taking this in, recognizing what it is and saying no to it. So I don't want them to shut you down any longer. So I'm going to give you some thoughts on how to make that difference. So rigid thinking, how does it show up when you're living with a hijackal or were raised by one or are surrounded by them or have a sibling or a romantic partner or somebody at work? So first of all, they're going to have rigid opinions that they're unswerving in their commitment to the rightness of their own opinions. And that gets terribly tiresome, doesn't it? Because you may not agree with them. In fact, 
you probably frequently don't agree with them. And yet there's nowhere to go with the conversation to have an interchange. They don't want to hear from you. They have no interest in entertaining your ideas because they are the center of their own universe. So their rigid thinking makes a big problem. Now, rigid thinking is a different kind of thinking to the black or white or all or nothing thinking. We're talking about black or white, all or nothing, um, never and always kind of thinking. That's a spectrum. Either it's my way or it's the opposite. But in rigid thinking, we're talking about their opinions, what it is that they have decided is right for them and therefore right for the entire world, including you. And they often repeat these opinions and and their convictions, convictions in the sense of I know this is right, not their convictions as to they should be off in a jail somewhere. <laughs> but they often repeat their opinions to anyone who cares to listen and even to people who don't care to listen. They want to be heard and they want to be right. And they definitely make pronouncements. This is the way it is. And if you had any sense at all, you would see it my way. Does that sound familiar? Because that's pretty much the energy that they have with it. And so they have a great interest in rules for other people, how people should behave, how society should be run, and they will not entertain anybody else's thoughts on it. So the rules, how other people should behave, of course, no surprise here, those rules don't apply to the hijackal, right? No, no, they don't. They can do whatever they want, but other people should. Now, many of you who've been around me for a while know I'm on a mission to eradicate the frequent use of the word should. I like to see things as coulds. It's an option as opposed to just that. However, they have strong opinions covered in shoulds. People should do this. If you had it right, you sh you would think this way. If you were had any sense at all, you should be able to figure that out. And so they like rules and they make them up. They really make them up. Or sometimes they will ascribe to another set of rules. That's often where we see the spiritual abuse. They will adopt or adapt a set of rules from a spiritual organization, and then they will go around making everybody else wrong while they are not fulfilling those rules themselves. And that's really crazy making, isn't it? I mean, there they are espousing how everybody else should be, but they don't follow those rules themselves. And they also think that they know how society runs best. They know how businesses run best. They know everything. And that's so frustrating. It is so ridiculously frustrating, endlessly frustrating. But it's their rigid thinking. If they had to think it through again, it would be something that would infuriate them. And they are not going to allow that. So instead of that infuriating them, they get infuriated by you not agreeing with them. And why is it important to be having this topic tonight? 
because you may not understand the rigidity. You might not have put it in that box. Say, that's what it is. I can put my finger on it now. That's what it is. It is the lack of willingness to move in any direction from this stand that they're taking. They're just not interested. And not only are they not interested, they are abundantly interested in telling you why you're wrong. And that's a double whammy that is too much to take over time. It's really difficult. So either you back down, you pick your battles, but sometimes you have to back down all the way because there is nowhere to go with a rigid thinker. They're not interested in you. They're not interested in your thought processes. They're not interested in your feelings or your needs or your wants. They're not interested in your dreams, except to weaponize them and and hold them over you as some kind of um, way to force you to do things. You've probably noticed that as well. And of the many, many episodes I've done, well over 300, you know, you begin to realize there are so many pieces that you are experiencing. So I hope this one helps you um, recognize what's going on for you. And if um, if you need help with anything at any time, know that you can always talk to me. Go to beaclient.com. That's a one-time new client offer of an hour with me for only $97. Beaclient.com. So these narcissists, they're one line. This is the way it is. It's my way or the highway. There's only one way to think about it. If you don't think about it my way, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're insignificant, you're worthless. It really leaps to those extremes, doesn't it? Because of the all or nothing, also thinking of the hijackal. So not only do they like rules to apply to everybody else, but they refuse to look at any evidence to the contrary of their views. They just won't look at it. And they freely spew their judgments and pronouncements, but they will not look at evidence, facts, or even another opinion. They simply won't. It scares them. They don't want to be wrong, so they hold tightly to what they believe is right. I've worked with hijackal families where there's a hijackal in the family, and they would hold that position almost to the death of a child. You know, there are many, many things that hijackals are absolutely set on, and one of them is their opinions and how they see the world, their worldview. And because of the things that have happened to them that helped develop this approach to living, they are not going to let go of them because that would mean they were wrong and they will not be wrong. They will not be wrong. It scares them senseless. So if you even remotely suggest there is a possibility that they could have thought something through better, woof, everything goes off, right? You've probably experienced that. So this rigidity in the thinking. So they make these pronouncements about this is the way it is, 
or I read this in the newspaper and it is absolutely wrong, or I read this in the newspaper and it is exactly what I've been saying all along. But there's never a question, what do you think, is there? There isn't an inquiry into your thought process. No, no. It's all about them.com. It's their pronouncements, their judgments, their opinions. That's all that matters to them. Truly all that matters to them is keeping that at the top of your mind because it's definitely at the top of theirs. And hijackles generally, they dislike change in in their mindset. You know, they don't mind changing things up and they don't entertain even changing their minds. They won't do it because they must be right. Now, that presents no end of difficulties in a relationship because basically you don't exist. When you go forward and say, I need something, I want something, I'd like to discuss something, their fear takes them to the place. And don't worry, you can't allay that fear no matter how much you do. You can't. Um, They just simply leap to how wrong you are because they must be right. And so this dislike of change of their mind is, oh, it's incredible. However, if you get two hijackals talking to one another, they're always competitive. And in those cases, sometimes you will see the true sparks fly because if both of them have to be right, this is going to be a duel to the death of the idea that they're discussing can be quite interesting. So understand that, that they, they just don't want to change their minds because they're rigid about things. And that rigidity, they think, keeps them safe. Now, don't go soft and compassionate at this moment. It's just information. Rigidity, they think, the hijackal thinks, keeps them safe. Now, we all know that rigidity doesn't keep you safe. Healthier humans know that, that there is great advantages to learning from one another, learning from one another's experiences, having in-depth conversations with people with different perspectives, and it expands your thinking. But that will not happen when you're with a hijackal because they don't want their thinking expanded. Their mind is shut like a steel trap so often because of their fear. You didn't make them afraid. Just like I say often, you didn't break them, you can't fix them. Well, you didn't give them the fear, and you can't allay their fear. You cannot, no matter how you try. And you could be hooked on the hope that you can allay their fear. You can't. Believe me, you can't. You can say that you you will always take care of them, and they will say that they believe you, but they won't ever behave They believe you because their fear is their fear and it's entrenched. Another thing that shows us the rigid thinking is they try to manage their world by making themselves right and others wrong so they can keep themselves safe, as I said earlier. So they try to put themselves in places and in relationships where it's less likely they're going to be challenged. And I've 
when we were talking last time about people-pleasing, they like people-pleasers. That was last week's episode. They like people-pleasers because they're pre-groomed to go along without complaining, without arguing, without doing anything except trying to please and allay the fears of hijackal. So it goes right along with their rigid thinking. And they really like certainty. They need to be able to anticipate that it'll be the way they think it will be. So they like that certainty of their opinions. They will hold those opinions in the face of so much evidence to the contrary. I have seen it happen. All around, they can see that what they are saying is not true, and yet they will die on that sword. Well, they won't really, because they will hope you will die with their horrible vitriol telling you how wrong you are. And I mean die in a metaphorical sense, not a physical sense. But rigid thinking is really stifling to a relationship of any kind. And I'm sure you're very aware of that. But when you realize that the hijackal is truly a rigid thinker, then it can open a few moments where you say, ah, now I see why all the trying is never going to change anything. They like predictability for themselves, but they like to keep you in chaos and confusion. So they like to manipulate the situations, manipulate the relationships where they know what the outcome is going to be, but they like to confuse you and keep you guessing. So they will be so infuriating that they will cause you to second guess yourself and question your sanity. They will get right into that. And that's very, very difficult. They have great difficulty with unmet needs and expectations of their own. That really, really bothers them. And so when they have that difficulty, they're expecting it to be a particular way, and they want that outcome. And if they don't get that outcome, they quickly go to rage, or they'll go to the silent treatment. Those are their two big punishments. They are going to be rageful, demanding, name-calling, degrading, discounting, dismissing you, or they're going to be silent and hope that you will apologize for things you never did and beg for forgiveness, beg for them to talk to you, and you know, I've said so many times, and if you haven't heard me or need to hear me say it again, I will say when a hijackal gives you the silent treatment, enjoy the respite and silence. Do not go to them. Do not try to convince them. Do not try to take care of them. Do not do anything. They're the ones who aren't speaking, so honor it and enjoy the quiet. Enjoy not having to deal with them. I know it's counterintuitive to what you want, but it's a move toward a healthier way of being. So I was thinking about this topic, and I looked up an article uh, uh, that I found at the albertellis.org website, and it's by William Taboas. And he the title is Rigid Thinking and Rational Living Don't Work Well Together. Got that? Rigid Thinking and Rational Living don't go well together. 
And in that article, William Tobias said, cognitive rigidity is linked to poor mental health. And rigid thinking is persistent, obstinate, and absolutist beliefs and demands about oneself, the world, and other people. And that pretty much sums it up, because rigid thinking can make hijackal partners, the partners of hijackals, really question their own beliefs, their own thought processes, their own opinions. And it's fine to have your opinion questioned, because it can lead to a great conversation. But when it is not a conversation, it is an argument, and one person has to win. It's never going to be a fair conversation, is it? But the rigid thinking makes it that way. And hijackals make big arguments for why they are right and why you are wrong. And that's why there's so much media talk about whataboutism. And you may have heard that in the media, people talking about that frequently. And the Oxford Dictionary calls what aboutism defines it this way the technique or practice of responding to an accusation, a difficult question, by making a counter accusation or raising a different issue. So instead of being honest in the conversation and question answer, they will refuse to answer and go off on a different topic or start accusing you of what it is that you want to talk to them about in their behavior. And it's meant to twist criticism back on the original critic. It's a way of boomeranging it back to make the criticism of you what what they were thinking was coming at them because everybody knows criticism heard by a hijackal is going to get a big response. So if you say to a hijackal, mm, I find it very difficult to bring up my concerns and have them heard in this relationship, the hijackal will say, you never have any interest in my needs. That's what aboutism. And around and around you go. You know, I did an episode on circular conversations, and that will definitely be a circular conversation. Truly well. And another definition of about what aboutism is from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. The first one was from the Oxford Dictionary. And it says this, which gives a little more detail. The art or practice of responding to an accusation of wrongdoing by claiming that the offense committed by another is worse. Now, isn't that just what a hijackal does? They're totally into whataboutery. That's what they are. And that's the way that they approach the whole thing. So you can see how rigid thinking and whataboutism go together. They're just hand and glove because that's the way a hijackal behaves. That's the way people with an inability to have a conversation, an inability to address something rationally, that's what they do. I don't want to talk about that, so I will change the subject and blame you. 
because nothing is going to rest on me. Nothing. And I'm going to make sure that it doesn't. And so you'll see that often. And you could see how in that going together, it's sort of my opinion is the right one. Let's talk about all the ways that you are wrong. You know, and I was thinking about it. I watched a police chase on YouTube not long ago. And when they caught the person, they were, you know, they were chasing his car. And when they caught the person, he refused to talk about his reckless driving at 110 miles per hour on side streets where there were lots of people walking. The only thing that he wanted to talk about was police thinking they're special and how he had rights. And that he was being violated by being asked to show his driver's license, proof of insurance, and registration. Now, isn't that just a great example of what aboutism? I refuse to talk about my driving, and therefore, I refuse to acknowledge that you have the right to ask me to present those documents. Now, that's narcissistic because the driver in that instance definitely felt that he was above the police officer and did not have to comply with what we all know is the law. So that's where we get that sense of speaking about narcissistic people believing they are above the law. And there it was in this blatant form by this person just being caught after a police chase. So rigid thinking will kill a conversation because you can't get a word in edgewise. They have to be right. So please don't see the rigid thinking and the whataboutism and recognize that it's so, so defeating and think it's okay. It isn't okay. You know, there's a tendency to say, oh, well, they're entitled to their opinion. They are, but so are you. And if you're in a relationship where one person's opinion is the only thing that matters, then you are in a relationship with a person who is a rigid thinker. And rigid thinkers often have clusters of behaviors that fall in the hijackal category, whether they be narcissistic or antisocial or borderline or histrionic, or they're just in passive-aggressive, difficult people land. These are the things you see. And I really wanted to bring that up because if you don't see this rigidity in the thinking as a big red flag, which we need to be able to do, then I hope you will after listening to this episode. Remember, you need to be in relationships that are mutual, equal, and reciprocal. And if they're not, you need to really have a good look. As I said, if you want to talk about it with me, go to beaclient.com. If you want to talk about it in my Emerging Empowered membership group, come on along to joinintoday.com. Joinintoday.com. So many ways to deepen the conversation. So until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Hello, everybody. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Hello, Hunted. Hunted said, they have no interest in your opinion because they'll tell you what your opinion is. You can never get a word in. Absolutely. You know, if I want your opinion, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> it's the way they are. And it's so difficult. Good evening, Ella. Dustin says, she always says I'm only doing the bare minimum when I feel like I'm trying my best. Well, of course, they're grand minimizers, Dustin. If they lift a finger, they have done so much work. But if you have worked your fingers to the bone, you haven't done enough. There's no equality in a relationship with a hijackal. And equality is the first must-have of a healthy adult relationship. So you hit it right on the nail right there, Dustin. There is no equality. When there's no equality, you can't create it unless both parties are willing. So take that under advisement because you will never be in a healthy relationship unless there is equality followed by reciprocity and mutuality and demonstrated by honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability. I know that's a lot, but you know, you're right, Dustin. That's just what hijackals do. I lifted a finger. You worked your fingers to the bone. I did all I need to do. You did nothing. That's the way they think. Honda said, I've been told that since I'm a Christian, I have to forgive her because that's what Jesus would do. That's a very prominent um, thought. But forgive doesn't mean stay in the same zip code. <laughs> you know, you can forgive anybody halfway across the globe. That's something you do internally from anywhere. That doesn't mean you stay with them. That's, I think, where the big thing falls apart is people seem to think if you forgive them, you have to stay with them. No, you don't. You really, really don't. And and that's important for many people to hear. Oh, thanks, Susan. I see your emojis. Dustin says she says she doesn't think she did anything wrong or say anything wrong, so it's my fault for feeling that way. Well, how hijackal again. Um, I'm perfect. You're a mess. Let me tell you how many ways. Again, that's rigid thinking, you see. She can't think that she has a problem, so therefore it all must be you. Again, we get that fear. Don't put your compassion hat on. You didn't create the fear in her. You can't take it away. But that's what you're expressing there. And John says, hi, they make decisions for me and not even tell me anything. Serious stuff and tell me I'm sensitive. Well, isn't that just the hijackal way? You know, they make a big pronouncement about what a horrible human you are and a waste of breath. And at, and at that moment, you say, hey, that's not fair. That hurt my feelings. And then a hijackal says, you're too sensitive. Boy, we're really bringing out the hijackal traits here very, very quickly. So exactly that, yes. Dustin, I do believe you feel lost. And and I hope we can talk. You know, go to beaclient.com. Let's talk about it. John says, along with that, they say they can't 
tell me anything and place boundaries on me and mine are bound boundless to them. You know, one of the things that is really good for our mental health is to get as far away from these humans as we possibly can. And, you know, really think about that, everybody. You know, you're sitting being poisoned. And are you going to sit there for it? Right? You can see the toxicity. You can name the toxicity. And I don't mean to make it sound like it's easy. It's not easy to get out. I understand that completely. But, you know, go in the direction of your health. Go in the direction away from toxicity. That's the healthy direction. And that's super important. Really does. Really is. John says, do you think the rigid thinking kept me in a box? while they are able to think outside the box and then they say they're open-minded. I would say it's it's the opposite. They think inside the box. They're absolutely petrified of people who think outside the box. And so they want to think they're open-minded, but they're not. They're rigid. I don't know what you're saying. Thank you for Nancy, but whatever it is, you're very welcome. <laughs> John says, they leave you feeling like I am the stubborn person, the way that they twist and say, I'm the one that does it. Yes, that's what they do. But get away from them. Don't be having these conversations anymore. Don't be engaging with them. You know, it's time to walk away, slowly back away, if you possibly can. Because if people are still hurting you, then it's important to take care of you, and back away. Now, for those of you who haven't been here before, um, you can put your question about anything in the chat, and I'm happy to answer it if it's about relationships. And if I don't see anything new there for 30 seconds, I think you're all filled up for the evening and I will just end the broadcast. So if you have something on your mind, be sure to pop it in there right away. Alice says, my mom called me a bipolar drug addict in response to the hurt I shared over a betrayal experienced by my family members. We talked and she showed compassion, but she never said sorry. Well, she gets a half point for compassion. Maybe she's just not capable of an apology. Many people who are hijackals see that as a betrayal of themselves. So, you know, if she showed you some compassion or she even listened to you, you've got a little entry point there. Maybe you could say something more about that. I'll, I'll look for it. But calling you names is really not helpful at a minimum, but it's very destructive. And I'm sorry that she did that because in the moment, you know, you need to be talking about pain, not having somebody who wants to be the one who knows calling you names. That's no good. Instead, she later, later have a wonderful compliment. Well, that's good. Um, Joan. Hi, Joan. Why do they always come back? Because they're the laziest humans on the planet emotionally. Uh, they, 
the question about why do they always come back? You send them away and they come back. It's because they need supply and they figure it's much easier to sell to a previous customer than acquire a new one. So they circle back to people they've known, people that they know are vulnerable, people that they believe that they could love bomb again, people that they think if they came back and admitted that they were really unfair to will then cave and say, oh, I'm so glad I was waiting for you to say that forever. Just know that when they come back, you don't answer the door, you don't answer the phone, you don't answer the text, right? Because they're just looking for supply to ver verify and validate themselves, and they can go find somebody else to toot that horn. You are already done with them, and you know who they are. You don't want them back. Ellie said, oh, gave me a wonderful compliment and expressed her love. Well, that's a whole lot. And, you know, not that it's not enough. I know that an apology, a heartfelt apology would be great. Maybe she's not able to give you a heartfelt apology. Maybe she's nice to you, but she can't make herself wrong. But, you know, only you know the dynamics of the relationship. I don't want to be making excuses for the behaviors of hijackals at all. There are no excuses for their behaviors. There are reasons for them, but there are no excuses. <laughs> Honda said, I always thought, what about Ian was a diversion measure? You say something about a behavior and get, what about you? The conversation becomes a slippery slope while you're defending yourself. That's right. That's the whole idea of the circular conversation. And last, late last year, I did an episode on circular conversations, you know, Conversing with a hijackal is like living in a blender. You just keep going around and around. And that's pretty much what it is. Um, they will accuse you of what it is that they feel accused of. And they will up the ante and make you much worse. And that's the way they roll. It's sad and, and too bad. But when you're dealing with dysfunctional people, you can't fix them. You just have to observe them and decide how close you want to be to them. And I hope it's not very close because they're unsafe and you deserve to be as safe as possible. You know, and some people don't believe that they deserve to be as safe as possible because they came from homes where they weren't safe. And so the lack of safety feels familiar they wouldn't, you wouldn't like to say it in words, but the feeling is, well, at least I know what to do with this. But you don't, because you're always the loser in that situation. Alice says, thanks to studying with you, I was able to understand that she wouldn't apologize. and forgave her inside myself. We reconnected and everything seems good now. Good. That's great. Because I really mean what I said earlier. He can forgive people, but we don't have to stay with them. We don't have to stay close to them. Or we can forgive them and continue being ourselves. And if they change their behavior or they're accepting and treating us with equality, we can stick with the relationship until they don't. And then you set 
boundaries that are non-negotiable. And that's the end of that when they trespass them. It's very important to get up on your back legs with these folks. And the last thing they want you to do is to get up on your back legs. Dustin says, she calls me a narcissist and I'm always doubting myself. And I try to think now, what am I doing to be a narcissist? You know, many, many, many people say, my partner says I'm a narcissist. Am I? And my first response is, in most cases, if you're wondering if you're a narcissist, you probably aren't. But narcissistic people will accuse you of what they're afraid is true of them. That's what we call projection. So they will project their greatest fears about themselves and say they're true of you. And we have to be watching out for that because they do it all the time. They truly do. Alice thanks for helping us to be strong. I'm thinking with my head, not just my heart now. Yay, you are welcome. That is so good. We do have to engage our head. It's difficult, you know, because people who have empathy say, oh, well, maybe I can help. Maybe I can do something. Maybe I could hang in and show them that they're lovable. But don't do it to your detriment. Really don't, because that's not healthy. And above all, you want to do what's healthy, right? It's difficult. I understand it's difficult, but you matter. And you need to give yourself a healthy environment. And if you have to do that by leaving, do that. If you start it by having boundaries and setting them very neutrally, but with consequences that are non-negotiable, do that. You know, there's so many ways. I'm just finishing my course now. I have a course that's there for you called Is It Emotional Abuse? You can find these all at relationshipprograms.com. Relationshipprograms.com. I have a course called Am I, Is It Emotional Abuse? I have a course called My Big Decision, Staying or Going. I have a course that's just about finished, will be finished this week, called Executing My Exit, How to Break Up Without Breaking Up, <laughs> How to Break Up Without Breaking Apart, I'm sorry. And then there are several other courses that are, are going to be finished in the next few months. So know that there's a whole lot there for you. And Ellis's, our cosmos's, hearts and, and namastes. Thank you so much. It's good that you're all here. Bring your friends, invite people, bring your questions, and I will look forward to seeing you again next time. And until then, be very, very good to yourself because you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Savior Sanity Podcast today. I hope you've had some insights, ideas, and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with $1 or $5 each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Also, learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my Emerging Empowered community, subscribe to this podcast, find my books, all by visiting EmergingEmpowered.com. Talk soon.